The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com. Do you remember reading children's books? I do. The picture books that had all the nice pictures and also a story? Oh yeah, they were always so nice and fun. Eh, were they? I don't know, I don't remember. Well, if you want to remember, you should probably listen to our podcast. What's our podcast? Our podcast is Rachel and Sam Read a Story. Sounds super nice and friendly all the time. <laughs> all the time. I'm Rachel Bieber. And I'm Sam Gash. And we are the people who do Rachel and Sam Read a Story. On Mondays on the Nerdist School Network. Glenn Henneman spent a year documenting every step he took on Instagram as part of a modern art installation. So it all started out, and I was listening to um, that, that Phil Collins song. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Phil Collins. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the police guy. I get him mixed up. The song wasn't important, but he says... Sheriff every, Joe? Uh, no, you, you know, the guy. Um, Sting. Sting, that's him. Oh, the band police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but he said... Every step you take, every move you make. And I stopped paying attention after that and thought, hey, every step you take. And uh, so I had my camera on me. Uh, and as I say, the greatest camera is the camera you have on you. And so I just started stepping, stepping and shooting, stepping and shooting. Now, Glenn, is it true that you, you first heard the song in a public restroom in a Macy's? Well... I don't know if that was the first time I ever heard the song. It's actually like a pretty well-known song. I mean, the, the time that it inspired you specifically. Okay. Uh, yes. Actually, yes. That That is that is totally true. Um, I don't remember the initial moment, but if I look back at the photos. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. them here, and there is uh, a yep. photos. Your underwear is around your ankles, uh, and that's um, the first photo. Mm -hmm. And then here's one underwear up, which is great. Yeah. But pants still down. Yeah. And then pants up, kicking the door open to the stall. Yeah. Oh, and here's one of you. Oh yeah. Washing the hands. That's good. It, it, uh, I I was like, let's just prove that I wash my hands. That was a tough photo to take. I had the uh I had the camera oh, under my tough. chin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Because uh you know I, I wanted to get the hands in the shot for the whole thing. Now, Glenn, you've taken inspiration for some of your art from songs in the past, haven't you? Yeah. And uh huh. Uh, there's uh, the Evenflow project from the Pearl Jam song Evenflow. Yep. Uh, that's where I only took pictures of uh, butterflies for a while because thoughts aloft like butterflies. Of, I think that's that's what it is. Th I always thought it was a rive. You know, um, he's pretty mumbly. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I'll give you a pass on that I, one. I really, here's the thing. I don't know much about the songs that inspire it. Sometimes I don't even listen to the rest of the song. Once I have the idea, it's like, I'm not a musician. I don't like music that much, um, but I have a camera. Now, Glenn, you so far your art has only appeared on Instagram to your 18 followers. Do you expect or hope that this installation will eventually, you know, go somewhere, be in a, be in a, any, uh, uh, 100% honestly, gallery? 100% honestly, when I when I started, I thought maybe this could be something people would really want to see, um, but when I realized taking pictures of every step I took, how much time I, I spend alone and uh, doing weird things that I'm not particularly proud of, I thought maybe it's better that people don't see this, um, which is why my Instagram profile is private. And uh, I only have the 18 followers. Oh, you're taking, you're taking a couple photos right now, huh? Oh yeah. This is actually to send to someone. 
Oh, this isn't for the project? No. It's This American Lie. I'm Mario Grass. Each week, we pick a theme. Bring variety stars on that theme. This week's theme. We need to take a picture. This week's story in 4X, Act 1. Just missed the pick. Family vacation is a big part of growing up. Humorist Dustin Dean Wesley recalls a trip to eastern Slovenia at age 14 when his mother, try as she might, just couldn't manage to snap a photo of the elusive red-eared hill chimp. Here's Dustin. Now, Mom, um, after the wall fell and Eastern Europe was open, you, you really wanted us to take this trip, right? Yes. And um, I, I know that your love of... Um, photography and nature, you were happy to see that everything was so unspoiled, right? Oh, and so happy. It was, it was so beautiful. The, the, the hills and uh, the, the, the trees and the grass. My mother came to America from Slovenia when she was a young girl. Uh, after World War II, the communists had taken over the country and uh, not a, um, it was not the kind of place that a young girl with dreams of freedom could live. Uh, but she always had pictures in her home. Uh, we lived in a, in a, well, a, Mom, how would you describe it? It was, it was, it was, a, it was basically a, um, a, 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 a container from a ship. Yes, it's called a shipping container. <laughs> My mother really mastered the language after she got here. So after the wall fell, um, well, she wanted to show the whole family her homeland. Yeah. And, uh, and particularly she wanted to show us the, uh, the one animal who had been her, her best friend when she had been there, the red-eared hill, hill champ, right, Mom? That's right. That's right, honey. I'm I'm just so glad that um, you were were able to to see the hill chimps. I'm so glad that they're still around, uh, particularly uh, Bernice. Uh, did That's you know? the one that was your best friend. Yes, Bernice. Yes, uh, you you might remember uh, she was the largest and uh, reddest one of the bunch. Um, very old, uh, the matriarch, if you will. She was a bit intimidating. Um, but uh, she remembered me. My mother loved going on and on about Bernice and on. I heard many stories at times I was growing up, the time that Bernice and I took a pail of water into the village, the time that Bernice and I romped on the Slovenian beach for a day. I mean, you know, when you're a 14-year-old boy, you don't really want to hear about your mom and a chimp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, don't be ridiculous. Um... Bernice and I did do a lot of snuggling for warmth, but... Uh, okay, Mom, I really don't think uh, that's not... I mean, in her fur, is just so soft. I okay, mean, Mom, I really... think about the silkiest, youngest I, hair, I don't, it just I, covers Mom, an entire I, I don't want to think about that, really, Mom. Very it's, I'm sure it was. I needed to get these pictures out of my head. Um, so before we went, I, 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 Mom brought us to her good friend, the uh, renowned chimp expert, Dr. Bennett Schleimol. Yes, uh, if you take a look at this photo here, you'll see that this chimp is of a rare breed. 
this this Bernice, as it was named. Dr. Schlemmel, you you, uh, you had this photo of Bernice that you showed us before, uh, before yes. the trip, so we, we recognize her. And it was a recent one, right? That's correct. Bernice is uh, very old, but... Uh, very st- beautiful. Still active. Yeah, yes. yeah. Which which is amazing because, you know, this trip was when I was 14, and, and it's almost... What is the lifespan of these chimps? Bernice is still active. And, well, normally a chip... Uh, Usually uh, 40 years. Uh, this chip has uh, has somehow surpassed that. Perhaps, I mean, I, I hate to say it, through the, the love that your mother has given, Bernice. Scientifically, of course, uh, from a scientific perspective. Yeah, I really, I really don't want to think about the love my, my mother gave Bernice, but, you know. I have photos. Uh, uh, oh, this one here I captured uh, uh, what I thought was out in the wild, but little did I know you, your mother was uh, fondling uh, Bernice. That's before she left for America? That's correct. Oh, um, well, you can imagine when I was 14, this was even more stressful, but mother insisted that we go to uh, meet Bernice uh, in the rest of Slovenia. Uh, I, I had a little tape recorder that I, I kept, and I hear some excerpts from that. Tape recorder. You see here, there. You see. Yeah, Dust, I, Dustin. You see you. I do. I do, you Mom. See over there. Oh, yeah, that's a, the big, the big uh, red. Oh. Does she? It's does, Bernice. Does she remember you? Bernice. Just, just. Oh, look at her eyes. <laughs> oh, look at her. Hi. Oh, I've missed you. Oh, oh, darling, you don't look a day over forty. Mom. Um. Have you been conditioning? You're fantastic. Oh, give me a hug. Oh, give me a hug. Dustin, don't get too close, honey. Uh, Mom, I, I, I want a hug. Um, <coughs> I don't think that's the, the, the greatest idea. Bernice is uh, uh, very excited to see me, and, and we don't want to, to um, y- you know, bombard her with, with too many emotions. Keep, keep him away. Oh, Bernice. Only you. I've lived. Only for you. <laughs> As a fourteen-year-old, I wasn't sure if I was imagining hearing the the uh, chimp speak not only human language, but a human language that was not the language of where she was from. Uh, in retrospect, listening back to this tape, clearly somehow that this chimp had mastered the English tongue. Uh, bad choice of words. The English language. Dr. Sloimo uh, filled me in a little bit. Yes, I, I'm afraid I'm a bit stumped on this because normally, uh, as an expert, I, I, I would say that chimp normally don't talk, first of all. Yes, well, let's yes. Let's get that out of the way. Chimp normally don't talk. Yeah. For, I, uh, just so everyone knows at home, chimp don't talk. <laughs> but Dr. Bennett, I mean, don't you believe that um, she sustained a longer life due to the love that I provided her? Don't you think that her oh, absolutely, intellect could yes. have grown due to the love that I provided her? Oh, uh, with, without a doubt. That's why this is such an interesting case. And you see that that love is manifested in a way that is beyond my understanding. And very scientific. Merely scientific. I will say, though, 
that it is very clear that uh, Bernice uh, not a fan of you, Dustin. Not a fan at all. Yeah, I, I figured that out when I when I was fourteen. I see the hatred in his eyes when I look at him. I I just I look at Bernice and I see this is a chimp who wants to tear apart your flesh. Well, Dustin has always been a very jealous boy. Mom, so. you have. I mean, remember the time. The time she's talking about is the time when she met my new stepdad and I did not want him around. So I... He stabbed me with a fork. <laughs> That's my, uh, my stepfather, Charles. Yeah, I remember the day uh, I was just lounging in the backyard reading a mad magazine. And uh, you came out from the door. You uh, said, hey, you want a root beer? I said, I'm all right, kiddo. And then you stabbed me with a fork. Okay. I mean, Dustin, really, that is conniving. Okay. He kind of boy. He, he walked into the fork, okay? He didn't stab. He walked into the fork. He was new to the house. He didn't know his way around. I mean, I don't think the layout of the house really had much to do with it. I, uh, I stood up and said, no thanks, kiddo. And then here comes a fork. Right in the kidney. Whatever Charles may think about what ha the cause of the little accident, it uh, he and my mother still are together to this day, and they and I've had erectile dysfunction ever since that day. I didn't need to know that. It's okay, well, Charles. I think I you did need to you. know the consequences of the reaction. Thank you. I love you too. Uh, mm. That uh, Charles still came with my mother and I to. Nope. Uh, haven't done that That's, I'm, since I'm, that I'm, day. I'm, I'm, I'm you traveled. You okay, traveled. yes, I did. You traveled. Dustin, don't kick a man when he's down. I'm, Mom, yes, it is perpetually down. Mom, That's it, what I'm saying. Mom, it was 15 years ago, okay? 15 years ago. I just ago. don't know why you have to bring it up. Well, I because mean, it's relevant to the story about why we didn't get the picture with Bernice. The thing most people don't know about erectile dysfunction is that it's, it's actually very natural. That's Cl in Dr. Clive Wesson. He's uh, here because... He's my doctor. I Yes. A lot of people have a, a, a deep sense of shame about the inability to uh, have an erection, and they see that as the defining ability of manhood, but it's very, very common, perhaps more common than anyone realizes. And when a traumatic incident like being stabbed happens, it can happen. Dr. Wesson, does seeing your mother get say, affectionate with a, um, a, a wild creature count as... Red as Hill Champ, honey. Red Hill Champ. Uh, oh. She has nowhere else to turn at this point. Um, I'm okay with it. Is that a traumatic enough event to, say, trigger these feelings uh, or these problems, these things? That's um. That's a surprisingly specific question. Wait, do you I, have it too? Hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. You have it too now. It is, it is just a hypothetical. Oh, Charles. someone it got is, their comeuppance. It is a hypothetical, Charles. Oh, and I'm not saying it was sweet, sweet. If you'd like a consultation, I, I can give you. Yeah, get him in right away. Close family rates. I, I do not have a problem. Justin, why didn't you tell me? I'm your brother. We I don't want to tell you about the. No, we cannot. We cannot talk about these things. We cannot. No, we can't. 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 I don't want to hear it, Mom. Double check. Uh, We're here for each other. Wow. I have that too. Up next on This American Lie, take the picture off the wall. That's when we turn on This American Lie. Please stay with us. 
This American Lie is brought to you by role-playing games. Role-playing games. When your real life's too boring, play a role. This is American Lie, Mario Grass. Each week we pick a theme and bring Ryan stories on that theme. This week's theme, we need to take a picture. Act two. Take the picture off the wall. Bunt Avenue. A quiet suburban street. Chester lives with his wife and two kids at 302 Bunt. His neighbor, Renata, had something he wanted. A photograph hanging on her wall of Hall of Fame shortstop Ozzie Smith, signed by celebrity chef Julia Child. Gerhard Valhalla has that story. It was like any other suburban neighborhood. Uh, quaint, seems safe. You had your streets, your cul-de-sacs, children playing in the, in the yard, sprinklers a-sprinkling. But this was unlike your typical suburban atmosphere. This was Bun Avenue. And on Bun Avenue were two houses that just couldn't get along. Well, we're 302 Bunt. And Renata, well, she's 304 Bunt. All right. Uh, we were there first, I'll just say. And there were two things in my life I love. Major League Baseball and gourmet cooking. So you can imagine, when I saw the photograph on the wall, how I felt. Renata, Chester has wanted this photo for so long. But it, it, it begs the question, first of all, you stumbled upon an Ozzie Smith card, rare in itself. But to get world-renowned chef Julia Child to sign it, even more remarkable. How did it happen? I just got real lucky, I guess. You know, I was down at the Goodwill, and that's where I saw the ball with Ozzy Smith's signature on it. You know, his Mr. John Hancock. Mm -hmm. And then this other time, I was down at the Barnes Noble, and um, I found another Ozzy Smith card there in the Barnes Noble inside of a book. I mean, oh I really God. feel like it was like fate or kismet or whatever you want to call it because I had the ball, and then I found this card, and then I flipped it on the other side, and it was like a J and a C, and I was like, what do I think this is? And then I looked it, and I looked it, and I looked it, and I was like, God dang it, this is Julie Child. I mean, she's the one, the beef bourguignon girl. I ain't never had no beef bourguignon, but I hear it's good. It's really good. It is, it is fantastic, all right. And, um... The thing is that uh, I live, breathe, eat, and sleep the St. Louis Cardinals, all right? Uh, well, except I also eat a lot of gourmet French food in addition to the St. Louis Cardinals. Is Ozzie Smith from the Cardinals? Yes, see, Ozzie Smith is from the Cardinals. That is on one of the pictures that you have with the one. It's right there. It's, he's in a uniform. It says the Cardinals. If you cared about this, you would know that. But... I always fancy myself a Cubs fan. Oh, yeah, right. It was it clear Chester... Wagon absolutely had to have this card for sentimental reasons but I wondered how much was this card actually worth I went to an appraiser uh, Richard Thompson to uh, to find out now Richard this object rare enough but to, with the signature of Miss Child 
what are we talking here? Thousands, hundreds, uh, well, millions? Well, this is um, a specialty item at best. Yeah. Uh, normally, what, what really adds value to a, a baseball card is having the player themselves sign it. This one being signed by Julia Childs, though, um, just a treasure of a woman. I would put it at probably three or four grand if you were to find the right buyer. That's a, that's about twice as much as if it was signed by Ozzy Smith himself. Really? So the Julia Child signature ups the value of mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Um, just because what you expect is for the signature to be Ozzy Smith. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will fake these signatures, um, but no one would fake a Julia Child's Now let me ask you this. What if we were to turn the tables? Mm-hmm. Ozzy Smith signs a Julia Child cookbook. We talking same price range? No. Um, surprisingly enough, when in the cookbook market, any sort of signing on it lowers the price of the book. So normally the book would go for probably twenty to twenty-five dollars, and a signed book, even by Julia Childs, would actually go. My guess would be thirteen. Huh. I walked away with some interesting knowledge, and I went back to talk to Chester. When when Renata and her family moved into the Bunt Avenue, I was I was like super friendly. I was so friendly. I'm like you know we. We are all part of the same um, team. Yeah, your your kids play together frequently. Yeah, well, I don't know. Frequently is the right word. Well, they I, I at mean, least they used to before. Uh, even before, I mean, I mean, you, well, you know, they're not the brightest bulbs in the Christmas tree string, you know. Mm. And uh, you know, I want my kids to go to community college. I want them to make something of themselves. So, you know, but I was super nice. When they came, I gave them a bunt cake, you know, bunt avenue, bunt cake. Clever. Very fitting. Yeah, Julia would have loved it. I wanted snickerdoodles. That's my favorite treat. Snickerdoodles. I like regular Snickers more than snickerdoodles. But I like to add the doodle, and that makes it a better treat. Oh, get her. This is Carl and my other son, Carl. One is with a C and one is with a K. I don't know which one I am. Neither do I. Which which one makes the cut noise? Both. Well, I'm confused then. Anyways, as you can see, Gerhardt, we're a very nice family. I mean, we're real welcoming. We're real easygoing. You know, we wave and all that kind of stuff. And I tell you, when we first moved in, Chester was all kinds of stuffy McStufferson. Just had his pants all hiked up real high. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he brought us over whatever kind of cake that was. And it had some sort of, like, weird dripping stuff on the It had a hole in the middle of it. Yeah, there was a hole in the middle. He kept looking at Mama's picture. There, there could have been more more cake, but instead there was a hole. There was a hole where there could have been cake. Right. Or there could have been snickerdoodles in there. I feel like we're getting off track. That's like me buying a Twix for him and be like, happy birthday, here's one half of a Twix. Yeah, she ate the other one. That happened to me on my birthday. Twi- Twix is two candies. He kept looking at that photo of hers. I had to leave the house to get away from his children. Uh, but after a brief uh, break, I went back and I spoke to Chester by yeah. himself. Yeah. Yeah, Chester, you, you heard Renata's kids, I take it, right? Yes, they're a bit of a handful. I can you understand see why. I don't why. Want my kids yes, exposed uh, to them. I apologize for judging you before, but I 
Now I see and what you mean. by the way, the reason I wear my pants all the way hiked up, because I'm sure she mentioned that. That's quite all right. Is because I happen to have really low calves. I have very short I took calves. a break from Chester for <laughs> just a brief minute as he kept talking about his calves and his pants. They're very shapely, but they just don't fill up the whole pant. The way now, Chester, like. there was an incident that occurred. Oh. You had to have this card, and did you or did you not break into Renata's house in the okay. middle of the night one time. Okay, does it count as breaking in if you pick the lock and walk in without them knowing? Well, you spent a, a night in jail. I woke up one night because I had peed. I saw I saw him, and he was there. It was Chester, and he was in the house. I just want to point out, do you know who else spent a night in jail? Dr. Martin Luther King. All right, let's not compare ourselves to Martin Luther King. I'm not comparing. I'm just stating, stating things. He kept looking at that picture, like I said, and I, I went, oh, no. But he didn't care. It was one of the Carls. I don't know. He was probably learning how to breathe through his nose rather than his mouth or something. And, and he he was, uh, he was found me in there looking at the picture. I have to use a sleep apnea machine it's even clear, when I'm waking. It's clear I was getting nowhere talking to them individually. I had to bring them together. Now, Chester, Renata, is there some sort of compromise, perhaps? Can uh, Gerhard, would you like some tang? You see, I'm a real nice person. I offer people drinks when uh, they come into my house. Oh, I'm, I'm quite all right. Would you like some tang? Uh, uh, not, not right now. That's, you want no tang? That's no, the no astronaut's tang. drink, tang. Actually, the astronauts Whatever. never it's drank juice. tang, it's but that's juice. besides the point. It's healthy. It's for breakfast juice. Chester, you really want this card. Renata, you have this card, but you clearly don't. It, it, it means almost nothing to you. This ain't true. No. Did I ever even tell you the book that I found the card in? Mm, no. Y'all have heard of that book called How to Win Friends and Influence People? Yes, it's a, it's a very famous book. Yeah, well, I'm trying real hard to get through it. And what as page long as you I, up to? I don't think that's any of your concern. Is it in double digits? It's nearly Chester, half. Chester, please. Let's say that. Renata, can I ask, is the reason why you're trying to get through this book because you're trying to win a friend? Perhaps Chester? Well, I don't know about that. Is this... But... Is this all because Chester just won't open up and be a friend to his neighbor? Well, I, I, I don't have a lot of friends. Have you read the book, Chester? I... I started to read it, and it was too painful. You about, what, halfway through? Were you in double digits, Chester? Barely. But I, I, I was close to halfway through. Hmm. You know, Renata, maybe we could read it together. I think I'd like that. And Perhaps you can share the card as well. Well, you know, it's... I guess it's really not mine to steal. Maybe, uh... I can, uh, we can read it underneath the card and I can kind of look at it while we're reading. I think it'd be nice if you visited the car whenever you wanted. Uh, may I bring a bundt cake next time? I think that'd be, that'd be nice, yes. I have a Bobby Flay cookbook signed by Jose Canseco. Up next, on This American Lie, <laughs> gotta get the picture. That's when we return on this American Line when our program continues. Please stay with us.
This American Lie is brought to you by Indianapolis. We just took Indiana and added the Greek word for city on it. It's This American Lie, I'm Ari Grass. Each week we pick a theme and bring a variety of stories on that theme. This week's theme, we need to take a picture. Act three, gotta get the picture. Zen Redview is the most respected AP photographer on staff. He has taken most of the famous photos from the last 50 years. Our producer, Cindy Mogert Chin, travels with him to debaucherous music festival Wetfellow as he attempts to get his next award-winning photo. Here's Cindy. Uh, down in the pit, as they call it, of the annual Wetfellow Music Festival, it was wet indeed. It was muddy, it was rainy, it was sloppy. Blades of grass were getting stuck in between my toes. But Zen Redview, uh, one of the most famous festival photographers of our time, didn't seem to mind. He was weaving in and out of the crowd amongst the rain and the mud and uh, really capturing the moments. Yes, yes, this is how photography should be. I am getting dirty. I am in the mix. The pictures are alive. They stand still, but they are pictures of motion. I feel the wet and the music. Yes, come with me. Come with me, and we shall live in the pictures. With very little effort, um, a bunch of the a bunch of the attendees of the music festival just started just started crowding around Zen and following following right after him and just just following anywhere that he went um, without really thinking about it. Um, Floggy Molly began to play on the stage, and um, the the crowd was was barely even paying attention to them. Uh, they were more more enthralled with Zen and, and wondering what was he going to do next? What was he going to capture next? Could they be a part of this truly artistic moment? All right, everyone. Has got a camera. You are about to be part of the Red View. That is the view that I bring to oh every picture God. I take. Hold still. Now move! Now move! Continue moving! Yes, run away! Run! Run for your lives! I've got a gun! I've got a gun and I'm willing to use it! What? Oh, I'm lying! I'm lying to get a reaction out of you! All I have is a gun! Oh dear God! Wait a minute, that's not me! Someone's retaliating! Someone else has a gun! He heard me! Oh, oh, this is what I live for! This is what I, Zin Redview, live for! Oh, dear God, I think it got me. Oh, I think it got me. Zen was not, in fact, shot. He was just so overcome by the joy and and, and the crowd and the day and just everything that was happening. Um, at first, the crowd seemed seemed to really be going along with everything he was saying and, and, and really zeroed in on him. And he had said he had had a gun, I think, just to inspire uh, a certain sort of reaction from the crowd, just strictly for the photo. But, um, you know... The right to carry here uh, at the Wet Fellow Music Festival really, really proved to be uh, a dangerous decision because someone just heard that someone else had a gun and just immediately randomly shot into the air. Someone has a gun? Someone has a gun? Oh my God! Someone Not has a gun! gun. No, oh, yes! Stop it! Oh no! Stop! It. 
This went on for approximately 11 excruciating minutes. Uh, I thankfully ducked inside of a porta potty. My God, Cindy, that was the most living I have done in years. Oh, Zen, wow, this is, um, I don't know, I don't know how you do this. I mean, every single week, day after day for 50 years. Cindy, madam, in my art, it is not art unless you bleed. The, the artist that is not willing to bleed for his photographs is the artist who is dead inside. I must bleed to remember I am alive, and then I photograph the blood. Zen, please tell me, are are you trying to get shot? Have you been shot before? To my great shame, I have never been shot. That's okay. I mean, neither have I. But you don't understand how little cred this gives me. For some reason, Zed grew up with the idea that to be a fine photographer, a news photographer in particular, you had to take a bullet. Zen's dad, Zane. Uh, I, I used to tell him some stories about some famous guy, some World War II, that's World War II. Mm. Uh, and um, uh, one of them got killed with a gun in a war. I really should have told him about the many, many photographers who just took the picture and went on to live happy and productive lives. Now, Zane, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, uh, if I'm wrong, does this does this sentiment uh, apply to you? You were a World War II photographer. Uh, or well, you know. Um, uh, photographer is a big... I, I made sketches. I would sit in the battlefield and I would draw what was happening because, you know, film was expensive out there, but pencils, they was cheap. They was all over Europe. Uh, so I'd draw some pictures and then, you know, I'd be like, here's what's happening. And Okay, yeah, I did one time get shot in the pencil. Oh, your literal pencil or, like, pencil? Literal pencil. What oh, you, I'm so sorry to hear that. I hope you had a sharpener on hand. Well, I did not. I could not finish the picture I was doing. And I think in, in Zen's mind, this story got bigger and bigger. And, and he then thought he had to take a bullet like his dad did. So that's, that's what happened. I was beginning to see where Zen's idea of a, an accomplished life was coming from. Um, he only knew what his dad had done, probably the greatest and craziest and you know, most story-worthy thing that his dad had ever done, and then just probably applied that to himself. My father was shot 15 times in the Battle of Normandy, his camera flashing and snapping, gathering pictures that no one would ever see because the camera itself exploded, exploded in the fire of war, and he died for 40 hours before being pulled, pulled back to life. Uh, bro, are you done with the porta potty? Cause I, I, I'd like to use it. Oh, Zen, we, we should probably- Got a line full of people waiting to blow out here. I mean, I haven't heard a gunshot in Shut all. up, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by this shit. Someone's gonna blow? Oh no, oh God. Why does this keep I need to be out there. Wait, let me out. No, oh, I would really prefer to stay in here, Zen. I'm going to get shot if it's the last thing I do at this festival. Zen just 
flew out of the porta potty, knocking it over because his strap got caught on the door. The shit got everywhere, all over my shoes, all over his shoes. He tripped and he fell. It got all over him, but he didn't care. He just got up and he began running towards the gunshots, towards the gunshots, praying, hoping to make his mark on Wait, the history of don't stop. photography. Don't stop firing! I'm almost here! Shoot me! Shoot me! I'm in Refuge! Zen eventually was shot that day. Um, much to his dismay, he was shot in the elbow, um, which really isn't very heroic. Um, being shot anywhere would be painful, I assume. Um, but uh, I talked to Zen after he was shot uh, and sed very, very sedated, and uh, he was very disappointed. I meant to get shot somewhere better than that. I thought maybe in the stomach I could document slowly, slowly dying, but the elbow, nobody cares about your elbow. Zen, what do you think this is going to do to your, your Wet Fellow Music Festival career? I mean, i got to be back next year. Zen, what do you think of the life that your dad has now? Do you think that life could suffice for you? I don't know. Dad doesn't even speak in an accent, so... I, I, is he really legit, or I don't know? Son. Hey, son. Dad? Yeah, I've been here the whole time. Son. You know, an accent always depends on the speaker and the listener. The one who's speaking never thinks he has an accent, but the listener does. I think I have an accent. <laughs> Because that ain't your real voice, and you know that. You know you're trying to live something. You know that, my son. Look. It turns out we were all listeners and speakers. I can do a French accent. Je pense que le Up next on This American Line, the last picture show. That's when we turn on This American Line. Please stay with us. This American Lie is brought to you by pleasing your friends. Sometimes your friends just ask you to do something. You don't really want to, but you do it anyways. Hey, Dan, can you help me move? Uh, okay, pal. It's This American Lie. Mario Grass each week. You pick a theme and bring you a variety of stories on that theme. This week's theme, we need to take a picture. Our fourth and final act, Act 4. The last picture show. Heathway Brothers was a pioneer in death photography. Staged photographs of deceased people in the early 20th century. At the beginning of the cinematic era, Heathway Brothers attempted briefly to transition into death cinematography. Vance Horowitz found some of those awkwardly gruesome films. And he presents them now. So this first picture... Uh, one of the the Heathway brothers' first uh, attempts at moving pictures. If everyone uh, who is here could just um, tell me what you see when I when I play this short film. This is this is a silent, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. yes. They did not have the technology to uh, synchronize the sound. Although, from the context 
of what I have seen in these pictures, I don't believe there was any sound. Well, uh, that guy looks pretty dead. Yes, as you can see, it is an entirely stationary camera. And the body that it is filming is also entirely stationary. Tragedy. Uh, yes. I see tragedy. <coughs> I yes. see uh, a life that is no more, a life that has gone out. All right. I well, see a dog now. Uh, well, that dog walks in for, for just a moment. Oh, and, and it's gone. And what does the dog gone. mean? What does the dog mean? I, I believe the dog was an accident. You can see it, it reacts as though just it's just like being shot. Death shamed. is an accident. Hope. I see hope because the dog is alive, all so right. that's hope. You're, you're hope. all getting a lot more out of this than the audience at the time did because. Really? Are we? Yes. Are we? Do as you know that? Because are we using. Through our modern eyes, is making the fallacy well, of assuming people in the past were dumber than decay. we are. Decay. At the time, what dead. people said was, since nothing is moving in this movie, it is not functionally different from your deaf photography. The dog moved. Uh, it did, but it seemed as though that was a, a mistake, and is. Is it a mistake, it, or it, is it a? But happy? isn't mistake presented as art? Truly, art? No. Mm. What if it's a living? death photo no no there, it's, a living it's, death photo because it's living because it's moving and it's like still it's, going it's not but he's moving. dead it, it's the lack of motion is the defining factor of their death cinematography except for the dog yes but we've gone over this the dog is in there for at at most 16 frames but who are you to say that the dog is an accident and not in fact the entire purpose of the piece i'm, and I'm who do vince you just horowitz say? i i'm a classical film scholar. Well, you, then you must know auteur theory, right? Yes. The, well, doesn't everything in the film, the choice of the director, they chose to edit, include the part of if the it's film. In a fr every frame is perfectly composed. Right. What if that yeah, guy's it's, it's, actually it's, alive? Oh! Because, oh, right? Yeah, he's not. Yeah, I mean, look at how long I can sit still. Oh my god, he sits there... No, you, I still see you breathing. It, I can't see. I can't really see that she's breathing. Uh, well, she looks. I don't see any breath. That wow. was like a whole minute. I know. It, it I, wasn't anywhere near a minute. Well, was it though? Because isn't time when you're shooting a film flexible, fungible? Who knows what right? time? It, it could be on a right. loop. Film is a medium that plays with time. All right, everyone, right? shut up. Everyone, shut up. I'm going to show the next film. As they continued in their death photography, this next one was the portrait of a young woman. And as you might be able to tell, it is almost entirely black. Uh, they titled it Portrait of a Young Woman, but it is my professional opinion that they did not light or perhaps even take off the front of the camera, what we nowadays would know as the lens cap. Well, that sounds like a choice. This it, one is uh, very thought-provoking. It's Perhaps it's both a film and a photograph. <gasps> oh, what if wow. they're taking a video yeah. of oh, a photo? Every, every film is multiple photographs strung together. Yes, yeah. yeah. but, the, the, but the frames connect to each other. This, it know? shows it's that the lines that we draw between media are artificial. Oh, wait. Oh, the lens wait. cap fell off. Oh, oh. oh the dog! Oh, it's <laughs> the dog! The dog took the lens cap off. Oh, that's adorable. Okay, I, I haven't ever watched this far in the film because for the most part, it's entirely black. And then after this dog moment, as you can see, it, but, it sir, simply cuts out. As a film scholar, aren't you required to give equal 
objectivity towards all films? How could you no. not watch the whole thing? This, this well, was and made not more than once. Wouldn't that be the definition of studying something is going over it? More You'll than, miss things more if time. you don't watch this it. Was yeah, made like as, dog. This yeah. was made as the Lumiere brothers were truly creating new bounds for cinema. Well, you know. This is mere years it's before... Eisenstein created some of his his greatest works. Yeah, and each one of his frames was deliberate, just like these. Just guys. like these guys. I, I don't think they even understood how to use the camera. Oh, do you? Once again, well, projecting, sure making the fallacy of assuming that people in the past were not as smart as people now. Yeah. I think the lens cap thing was totally a choice. I mean, this it's one like was my Warhol. favorite. It's like so Warhol. Far. It's I, very I, yeah, I, it's I like it was night and then Warhol. it was morning. Yeah. And I it think it's like making a very good case Proto-Warhol. for the idea that people now are much dumber than people were back then. Because you are reading something into what is clearly nothing. There's nothing in this fi- Hey, I didn't take 15 bucks to come to this thing to be yelled at, man. All right, all right. I'm yep. going to show you another. I'm going to show you another. Hmm? What do you think of this? Well, now let's... What, what I'm showing you here is literally just a still photograph. Hmm. Is it though? Is it? Yeah, it, it, I don't it know. It definitely is. I, I did not turn the projector on. Why is there on. staticky sound? Yeah, and, yeah. What, and look, there's a scratch on it. I didn't I, notice that scratch when I first And again, it could it. be a video that's, that's of just a photo. Wait, I think oh, the wait, hand the just light. moved. I think no, the hand just moved. Oh, no, the hand, the hand didn't the move. There's probably that dog. Is that a shadow of the dog? Do you see the shadow? Yeah. Still photograph. It's a still single frame photograph. That dog. I right. wonder what dog. his name is. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be a real asshole to not love I dogs. I know, I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know. No, no, okay, okay. Whoo, ha, whoo, ha. I've studied for years. This, it's, it's. You seem stressed. Why don't you take a look at this photo? I find it rather soothing. It's very yeah, nice. It's, it's kinda, nice. It's like Circle it's of Life. The implication of a dog is like there. the yeah. Lion King. This is titled Still Photo of a Dead Jewish Man. <laughs> It is was a a why is it got to be Jewish? Because it was an examination of the Jewish ghettos at the time. Ghettos? Who ghettos? told you That's he was Jewish? Judgy. Yeah. What? Who told it's, you it was a man? What if it's a lady with a hat? How do you know he identified as a man? A ghetto is the term for a neighborhood that is made up primarily of a minority in the large. I also I don't think a dog can be Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> There's I no dog think... in the picture. Well. Dogs I mean, they love can't pork. Right? Well, they can, if they reform, maybe. I don't think they could be orthodox. A dog? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. The the religious denomination of the man in the photograph is not important. It was oh, simply. Yeah, you're the one that brought it up, and I think it's a very deliberate choice on the point of the filmmaker. It's, it's the title. It's not a film. It's a picture, and it's the title of the picture. Well, at that rate, you might as well name it Boo Boo Fart Face Man. No, you should probably name it that. That's a good name. Hey guys, that's a terrible name. I brought my camera. <gasps> oh. oh. Oh my god. Why don't we make our own film? Yeah, our own death photo. Yeah. Since this guy clearly doesn't get what real art actually is. And he doesn't like dogs. I actually just came from Wetfellow, so I have a gun here. <gasps> oh. Why did Jesus. you bring a gun here? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it might come in handy. The idiots of the group spent the next 40 minutes making Woo! what I hesitate to call a film. Hey, I'm dead. <laughs> Oh, cute. Oh, wait, you be the dog. I'll be the dog. I'll be the dog. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'll, th- I'll shoot this gun. Oh, I'm raising my leg. I'm peeing. Oh, she's peeing. And finally, at the end, to indulge a part of me that I, I hate to believe exists, we screened this act of impromptu art. That was great. That was amazing. Good job, everybody. Great job. I thought, uh, yeah. Actually, you're you're the scholar. 
What'd you think? What did you think? Come on, mister. He's crying. He loved it. <gasps> There's a tear. I'm never going to be able to enjoy film again. Because it was so good? So you no, can't be better no, than that. No. That was the best. Oh my gosh. Guys, we're the best filmmakers ever. Oh my gosh, this we is were what his... regular people think is good. Oh my God. Guys, like I'm... his whale, right? That, that whale? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, I still have one bullet left. Hey, let's go find a dog. <laughs> Wait, I could have used that bullet. <laughs> was the saddest day of my career. No matter how bad the pictures got, there was always something worse. And no one was ever able to tell. People had mentioned the Emperor's new clothes story to me when I had been reviewing some of the lesser known Scorsese short films, for instance. And now I thought, maybe all analysis is bullshit. And that was the last movie I ever watched. On five separate occasions, I've found a dead body in the woods. I've never told anybody. That's it for This American Life. <laughs> this American Life is produced by Dustin Deed Wesley, Gerard Valhalla, Cindy Mogert Chin, Vance Horowitz, Jordan Pridgen, Janelle Banish, Dan Heber, Mike Hughes, Michael Gordon, and of course, the big boss man, Mr. Tori Maltia, who finally saw Wonder Woman. Why don't you just name it Boo Boo Buttface? <laughs> Stay tuned every month for more episodes of This American Lie.